welcome to another episode of the Villa Society podcast, where we analyse the latest fixtures featuring Aston Villa and discuss the key moments that influence the game. I'm your host, Paul James, and today we're going to be talking about the 1-0 defeat at Old Trafford to Manchester United. But before we start, if you could go and subscribe or follow our podcast, that'd be brilliant. And if you could do a little review, that'd be even better. It really helps us to get exposure for the podcast and in turn, then we can make more content. So if anyone does that, cheers for doing that. Thanks. So this game, it finished Manchester United 1, Aston Villa 0. And it was it was just a really frustrating game. I know the referee let a few things slide for United as well. Old Trafford influence there, I think. We saw Casemiro came in with a really late challenge. I think it was a Ramsey. Kind of Ramsey took the ball to one side and Casemiro just came in really late. No intention of playing the ball or anything. Goes straight through him and gets up and no yellow card, nothing. He's kind of, he, he was nowhere near the ball. It's definitely a yellow card. You can see it on Twitter, this tackle. It's a horrendous tackle, really. And um, yeah, definitely deserved a yellow. And I think him not getting a yellow card early on like that completely changes how he plays the game. He can be quite aggressive throughout the game, and he was. And he, he kind of bullied a lot of our midfielders during this game. So it did have an impact. And there were other little decisions like that throughout the game. So I don't think the referee had a great game. And, you know, it's, it's often the case when you're playing away at places like Old Trafford or Anfield. So it's pretty frustrating. And we didn't help ourselves in, in our play. We were quite sloppy with the ball at times and, and just second to the ball. It was It was a frustrating game, but... We are down to seventh place now. And it, although it's disappointing, I think we do have to put it in perspective if we look at the season as a whole. And at this point, I'd be, I'd probably be happy with seventh, I think. Clinching a European spot just there. I think the next game up is Wolves and that'll be a tricky game. The Wolves are trying to bounce back from that heavy defeat they suffered the other day. And I think they were up, were up for a derby, you know, they'll be there. Their manager will want the players to have a reaction. I think that's going to be a tricky game to pick up points. We then have Spurs at, at, at Villa Park, and I think um, that's where we could get some points. I think Spurs have been up and down recently. They obviously got no manager, got caretaker manager in there. They're leaking goals. They are scoring a few goals as well, so they're just a bit up and down and don't seem to really know tactically where they are. So hopefully we can pick some points up against Spurs at home at Villa Park with a home crowd behind us. So I think that's our chance to get the a decent three points and potentially move up the table there. And, beat Spurs because Spurs are our main challenges here I think we've got Liverpool as well at Anfield I don't think that's going to be a great game we've got a chance of picking up a point maybe but it's always difficult to go to Anfield and, and win with a free score in Liverpool they've got got a bit of a soft underbelly in defence I think we could exploit that but they are very good going forward as we've seen against Spurs they they managed to get a last minute goal against Spurs today uh, so that's going to be a tricky game the key one if we can pick up points against Spurs then we have Brighton last game of the season as well so Brighton might have already qualified for European football at this stage so they might be on the beach you know at this stage might be just you know we've finished the season we've already qualified for Europe you know putting your feet up a little bit so that might be a opportunity for us to pick up that extra three points and and seal that seventh place above Spurs so yeah I can see see Brighton finishing above us they've got games in hand so I think it is really between us and Spurs at this stage and I think if you look at Twitter, you know, Twitter's obviously a place full of opinions. It's always quite extreme. I think a lot of people are quite positive, but there's also a lot of people a bit down. But I guess the people who are down, it, it just goes to show how far we've come from being 
14th in the table to being in the top half. The expectations have changed so quickly already, but if we put it in perspective of the whole season, I think we're, we're doing it incredibly well and getting beat 1-0 away at Old Trafford isn't isn't the end of the world. It's it's not the worst result in the world and we can bounce back and, and win some, some more games before the end of the season. I think the wins against Newcastle and Chelsea and the way we played in those games kind of propelled us a little bit and I think people got carried away. I think even I thought, you know, if we can replicate that, the way we've had that cutting edge against Chelsea and we did against Newcastle and against Newcastle and we can do that away at Manchester United, then we've got a chance, you know, we've got a chance of breaking through their defence, getting clean through in goal and, and maybe sneaking an away win there. So, yeah, we're a work in progress, I think. That's what I'm trying to say. I think we're still a work in progress. We could see in this game kind of the the squad depth isn't quite there. We we seem to be very tired, some tired legs out there. And I think, yeah, the squad depth is definitely something we've got to improve on in the summer. I know everyone's kind of desperate for some European football and that's understandable but for me it's kind of I'm looking at the longer term picture and I think you know having the whole summer to get you recruiting right get your players in Emery to get the players he wants in to improve this squad and to go forward into next season is the key and, and the push for Europe next season is, is more important for me I think it could even be detrimental to be getting in Europe this season. If we look at like West Ham this season, they've been battling relegation. They're still down there at the moment and they've been playing European football. It's, it, it brings the question, is their squad big enough or have they got enough quality in the squad? West Ham have got a lot of quality players, but they've obviously suffered this season for a reason and maybe that is European football. I wouldn't mind us getting European football as long as it doesn't have an impact on our league position too much next season and if we can do some good business in the summer and get the right signings in then hopefully we'll have a big enough squad with enough quality to see the whole season through and do quite well but overall I think we should be positive it's been a great season and to be in this position now where we've still got like we're not looking down at relegation and panicking and stressing and watching the game going oh no we really need a goal here or we need this other team to win or lose or whatever it is we're at the top of the table top half of the table anyway and we're battling for these positions and we're going yeah we just need to to get you know x amount of points here to have the european qualification and that would have been unthinkable at the first half of the season you know it's quite incredible progress and i think we just need to need to think about that and be pleased with the progress we've made so let's start again with Stats Blast. So 10 games unbeaten, that run's come to an end, unfortunately for Aston Villa. It was a great run, but um, it had to come to an end at some point, I guess. And um, it was an amazing, amazing run of form up there with the Dean Smith era in the championship. But it's come to an end and uh, our scoring run has also come to an end. So scoring in every game since Emery was the manager, 20 games, I believe it's come to an end now. So that's a shame. In this game, United had 67% possession and we had 43%. Uh, so United shaded it a bit there. I think we did quite well in, in possession around the back, but we lost the battle in the midfield. Expected goals were 1.19 for United and 0 0.56 to Villa. So we didn't create enough there. I know we were the way team, but we didn't seem to create enough there. There's 14 shots for United and 7 for Villa. Passing accuracy, 85% for United from 435 passes. Aston Villa's passing accuracy was 78 from 288 passes. United committed 16 fouls, and you could tell this, um, and 7 from Villa. I think United got away with quite a bit with this referee today as well. Um, it's Again, it's the home crowd, it's Old Trafford. It's very difficult for us to get the rub of the green with the referees, and uh, I think that was the case today a little bit. 
United only had one corner and Villa had four corners. So we did put a little bit of pressure on there from corners and we did try to go for that equaliser, but it wasn't to be. But looking at this game, the first key aspect I'm going to look at is the tiredness and squad depth. So after the game, Emery was quoted as saying there's lessons from this game. And I know he's the kind of manager who learns something from every game and he analyzes it and he teaches his players what they can learn from it and how they can improve. But I kind of took this as more of a, maybe there's lessons that this squad doesn't have enough quality, doesn't have enough people in the squad um, to rotate and to push to the end of the season. And especially if you have European football next season, we're going to need a bigger squad. And I think maybe that's the lesson that's been learned from this. You look at Ashley Young, he's been playing game after game after game. He's 38 and he's been run ragged by, you know, wingers with with pace. And it's kind of, we need, I know we got Manny Cash, but, you know, we need, we need, he's injured. What happens when he's injured? We need extra players. We need, need extra men to come in and play that position and do a good job. I think we saw some signs of tiredness in the Brentford game. I mean, it's incredible results get a point there, really, when Brentford are so solid at home. I think we looked a little bit leggy there. And then we had the Fulham game. And I was expecting Fulham game, we would be like straight out of the blocks, playing really cutting edge football with like passing triangles, really great moves throughout the midfield and this kind of stuff. But it was like, it was very very like sluggish and slow and and I, at the time I was kind of thinking well maybe this is because we're trying to conserve our energy for the United game at the weekend um, I was even thinking well can teams do that I guess you can sit back if the other team isn't really going for it and they're you know they're on holiday because their season is finished they're just going through the motions then maybe we can you know win one nil and, and just go through the motions and kind of s see out the game in a way and without putting too much effort in and bringing on some subs and doing that but if you look at it now it seems like the tiredness was setting in there and, and we, we had the same same team in the Brentford game, starting the Brentford game, starting the Fulham game, starting the United game. So it just shows you the lack of squad depth, depth we've got there. We're still playing those same players week in, week out. And they had signs of fatigue in the last game. So when I saw the team sheet today, I was quite surprised that there wasn't any rotation. I know it's good to have a settled side so players know who's doing what and how they're playing together and all the systems and the tactics and everything else. But the tiredness today just was really, really obvious to me. So this Villa squad, we've had quite a few injuries recently, players that have been out for a while. And I think we haven't really seen the impact of that. We've been on this winning run and we've managed to see out games. We've managed to get through Brentford 1-0 away from home and then grind out a result against Fulham at Villa Park. And these injuries haven't seemed to have an impact. But as we get to the end of the season here, we can see that we could really do with freshening it up. We could really do with some of these quality players that are out injured being in the squad. In midfield, for example, Dendonk has done a really good job and he brings that calm and he's got that short passing game. He's got some long passing game as well. He's he's a good player to have in there. He doesn't have much pace, but I think in a game like this, when you've got Casemiro in midfield, you need a bit a bit more bite. And I think Kamara would bring that. So he's a big miss and I think I think we need him back for the next four games, hopefully. So ho ho hoping he can come back, especially against Spurs. Uh, Matty Cash as well. Like Ashley Young's been there game after game after game, putting his body on the line and just facing up 
wingers with a lot of pace and chasing them down. And he's he's been playing amazing this season, but he's 38 and we really need someone who can come in and do a really good job in that position as well. And Matty Cash is, could do that, but he's out injured. So it shows we need more depth in this squad. Leon Bailey as well would be an, another great option off the bench or even starting, I think. I think Leon Bailey will add something different alongside Watkins. He's got pace, so he can stretch the game. He can stretch the United defence. He could he could play on that right-hand side and get down that wing and cause them more issues. But obviously, he's out with a hamstring injury. Uh, hopefully, he'll be back soon as well. So, yeah, we are suffering from these players being out. And I think we maybe papered over the cracks in the Brentford and Fulham game. But this game, it was it was kind of obvious that we were tired and we needed fresh legs. And, you know, we needed a bit more bite in that midfield as well. So on to the second aspect of this game. It was Aston Villa's high line. So I have been talking about Aston Villa's high line for quite a while on this podcast and just saying that it's super risky. It works a lot of the time and when it works, it looks great. You get all these offsides and you get the ball back and the opposition have to give you the ball back straight away. And it looks great when it's executed right, but it's so risky against players who've got pace. You've got Rashford playing for United up top and he can play on the shoulder. He can time that run. So it's a very, very risky strategy. I mean, for a lot of the first half as well, this high line was working. Um, we've seen it in previous weeks working quite well, I think, like Mings and Konza and Moreno and Ashley Young, they're all in sync and they're all in line. They're playing it quite well. It's just that if you're a striker like Rashford and you're playing for United or even Fernandez on the pitch, you're relishing looking down the, across this line and thinking, I'm just going to bend my run here or I'm just going to time it right and get clean through on, on goal one-on-one -on -one with the keeper. And it's highly risky. And I think we saw in this game, I think Teng Hag after the game said that they actually targeted this high line that we play. So we played the high line and United exploited it. You see in the first half, United were caught offside six times in that first half. And that's a lot. So it was kind of working, but they were also getting in and getting chances. So for me, I don't really know what the solution is because I can see why Emery plays it because we push quite high up the field and it means that we're playing further in the United half. You know, when it works, it works well, but maybe we could play a lower line. Maybe we could drop a bit and play it, but then United would have more possession in our half. So I don't know what the solution is, but it is highly risky against certain players. And we saw it today. It was uh, the high line that was breached for the United goal. I think it was less of a through ball. I think it was something happened in the middle of the park. I think it was like a misplaced pass and Casemiro headed it over the top of our line and Rashford was through on the left-hand side of the goal. He was he was through and our defence was sprinting after him and he got into the box and he had a shot. It wasn't particularly uh, like a, a very well-hit, strong shot. It's kind of past it, not too much pace on it. I don't know whether Martinez could do anything else really because he didn't have a lot of pace on, so it kind of looked like he should do something else with this, but he was at full stretch as well, so... He's at full stretch on the floor and palmed it away and Fernandez was following it up. Moreno chased back and thought he might get in there and block it. He slid in. It took a, a knock off Moreno as Fernandez shot as well. So I think it hit the underside of his leg or something and then spun up and went over Mings and Martinez into the back of the net and it was 1-0 to Man United. Not the greatest goal to concede. Um, I think we had chance there to maybe block it Moreno had a chance to block it potentially and I'm not sure whether Martinez could have done anything about it I don't think he, he could it just looked because of the pace of the ball like he could have done something about it but 
yeah, 1-0 to Manchester United and Fernandez is off kind of celebrating in the corner where the Villa fans are for some reason. So I think overall, as a Villa fan, we've got to get used to the idea of this high line. I think Emery's going to play it. And it helps move us up the pitch. And when it's effective, it's really good and get the ball back and it's a free kick. But when a team like United target it, and if they've got pace in their team, you can see how they can break that line and get clean through on goal. I guess it's important that Martinez is on his toes and he's looking for the ball as well and acting a bit like a sweeper. But as we saw in this game, you know, United got chances through this high line. So it's a high risk strategy and uh, sometimes it doesn't always work. So yeah, I think as, as fans, we've got to get used to it. It'd be interesting to see how it develops under Emery. So the third main aspect of this game was control of the game. So this game was won in the midfield and we didn't control the game at all. I think Man United controlled this game. We didn't have the physicality in this game. We didn't win the first balls and we didn't win the second balls. You could see at times they were bullying us. Casemiro had a great game. He's not even been playing that well recently, but Today, he was there, he was winning tackles, his first-time passes were excellent. He kept winning that ball off Jacob Ramsey in that first half and just had overall a great game. Hit the bar as well at one point, and I think we just couldn't cope with the, them in midfield. I think we looked a bit lost at times. I think maybe if we had Kamara back for this game, it would have added an extra bit of bite in midfield and maybe we could have competed, but um, I think it just didn't work. Even John McGinn was getting out-muscled at times and Louise didn't have a great game either. Um, we were very sloppy with the ball as well. I think Louise put the ball out of play several times and it was just passes that should have been going to feet were just going astray. We even had at one point, Villa took a throw in and we threw it directly to United, gave him the ball back. No, no reason at all. I don't know why. Um, maybe fatigue at this stage. Um, we, have another th we had a throw in where we threw it to our player and then he just kicked it. Obviously trying to return it back to the thrower, but straight out of play. It's like something from a Sunday league pitch. And maybe it's fatigue. Maybe it's, you know, playing the same team every week and uh, it's come home to roost, really, our injuries and our lack of squad depth. I found it in such contrast to that Newcastle game where I was saying that, you know, these players, they're playing with like a, some telepathy where they know where their teammate is. And they were like John McGinn was playing like a blind pass into a space that he knew his player would be in. Or Watkins was heading it down knowing that Ramsey was coming in into this space behind. And it was complete in complete contrast to this game where... We just didn't seem to know where our play, our teammates were and we'd get the ball and we'd be looking up for an option and sometimes it just wasn't there. Whether that was a um, testament to the way Manchester United played or just because our team looks shattered at the moment, I'm not sure. And on social media as well, I see, um, especially on Twitter, they like to get on the back of different players now and again. Sometimes it's Mings, it's been Watkins in the past, but at the moment it's Buendia. And he didn't have a great game, um, but he's playing in that position where... He plays behind Watkins and he's looking to play in that little pocket and get the ball and play those through balls and really cause a little bit of chaos there. He didn't do it today, um, but he's the kind of player that can drift in and out of games and sometimes just that one or two key passes changes the game because it, it's an assist or it's a, you know, it, it's a great ball in and we cross it and then it's a goal, so a second assist or whatever you call it. But he's that kind of player that creates stuff and today it didn't really happen, but I don't think he's really justified to get on his back. I think people have bad games. We've seen Leon Bailey have bad games and people get on his back, but 
people go through form, players go through form, and I think we need to give them give them a chance. Really, I think I think everyone wants a scapegoat, and I think we just need to back all the players, especially with four games left of the season and how far we've come. We just need to enjoy it, back the team, support the team, and enjoy the rest of the season. Really. So I think our strategy in the midfield, I think we were trying to play that high line quite high up the pitch so that we could win that ball back high up and then do some quick passings, quick quick transitions and then break and maybe play in Watkins and he's clean through, score a goal, that kind of thing. But it didn't really happen. We've seen this in the quite a few of the last games. Watkins has just not had any service at all. It's not that, you know, Watkins is having a particularly bad game. It's just he's not getting any service. If he's not getting any, any service, there's not a lot he can do, really. All he can do is try and hold up the ball and bring other players into play. He tried to do that today and... It was a little bit frustrating. He kind of like was challenged quite often and then like went down as if it's a foul. Maybe it was a foul, but it's quite frustrating that we weren't getting any of those um, decisions and he wasn't holding it up that well. But I think it's difficult to criticise a player like Watkins if he's not getting the service. He's been on a fantastic run and yeah, I just like to see other midfielders um, provide some chances for him. You see Watkins' form has kind of gone along with our form as a team and how well, how well our players are playing together in the middle of the park and um, out wide as well with Moreno. So I think he'll come good again. He just needs the service and he just needs our team as a whole to be playing better. So there are the three key aspects of this game. I think United are a very strong team at home this season and they haven't lost many at home at all. They played quite well today as well, so we can't be too downhearted because I think United played well. We look a bit jaded and a bit tired, and I think we do need to mix it up a bit if we've got some players coming back from injury. United kept the ball well, and they just controlled the game a lot better than we did and um, deserved the victory, really. I know we put on some pressure towards the end of the game, and we had some chances. I think we had a great chance towards the game where Louise kind of, had the ball on the penalty spot and had a shot and it just like ricocheted off loads of United defenders. But I think it was the actual move was offside. So although play kind of went on, it's already offside, I think. So overall, United played well in this game. Lindelof, Casemiro, Shaw, Rashford had quite a good game as well. They all had good games across the park. Villa had an off day, whether that's due to tiredness, some injuries, uh, lack of squad depth, I'm not sure. But... We will rise again, and I think uh, we will play well again against United at Old Trafford. It was just a one-off. It wasn't the right timing for us, I think. And whatever happens, we've had a great season since Emery's been at the club, and I think we just need to look forward to the summer and having a great season next season. Getting European spot would be nice, but I think it might also be a poison chalice. I mean, just look at West Ham this season. Four games left. I think we just need to enjoy them. It's going to be tight, I think, between ourselves and Spurs. Having, having a look to Spurs' running, though, Theirs does look slightly easier to me. Got They've got Palace at home. Then they've got us away at Villa Park. Then they've got Brentford at their ground. And then Leeds away last game of the season. So I think they're running slightly easier than ours. But if we can take points off them at uh, Villa Park, then we're, we're in with a big chance. I think Brighton, they're looking too strong and they've got too many games in hand. And yeah, Liverpool, I think they, they're too strong as well. So I think that seventh spot is up for grabs and... Hopefully we can do it, but it won't be the end of the world for me if we get eighth as well from where we've come from. I think making such progress under Emery has been the key this season. I think we just need to take stock, do some good recruitment, have a great summer of signings and build for next season. So that's all for today's episode of the Villa Society. I hope you've enjoyed this quick analysis of the Manchester United versus Aston Villa game. 
it wasn't the result we wanted or the performance really, but we have got a few issues with injuries at the moment and a lack of depth in the squad and some tiredness as well. Hopefully we can get some players back for the last four games of the season. It'd be super useful to have Kamara and Maddy Cash back, I think. So hopefully we can go on and push Spurs for that seven spot and get that European spot. It would be great. But in the meantime, give us a follow or a subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. And we'll be back after the Wolves game for another review. You can also drop us a line on thevillasociety.com or on Twitter. You can get us at the Villa Society. Send us a message and we can have a little chat. But until then, have a great week and up the villa. Up the villa.